From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. Hey, JR. Assembly Speaker Robin Voss said last week that he gives Democratic Governor Tony Evers' plan to legalize medical marijuana and decriminalize small amounts a 10 percent chance of passing the Republican-controlled legislature. Voss says the proposal is a very difficult sell because it would decriminalize recreational marijuana, even though it's small amounts. Evers plans to introduce the proposal as part of the state budget later this week, but Voss says the item will be removed. So does a 10% chance of passage sound about right? And if it's removed from the budget, what are the chances of the proposal seeing the light of day as a standalone legislation? Honestly, regardless of how Evers treats it, or if it's his budget or a standalone bill, it's not going to pass legislature anytime this session. The reality is that Senate uh, Majority Leader Scott Fitzgerald has said repeatedly he opposes medical marijuana just alone. He's not there, not going there. So the impression I've gotten along is that even if Robin Voss has expressed an openness to medical marijuana and the members of caucus, that the Senate Republicans just aren't there on this proposal. So one, even if Evers had done something more restrained or, or not as aggressive on terms of marijuana in the budget. Yeah, I don't see the Senate Republicans going along with it or wouldn't have gone along with it. And two, if it's a separate bill, I just don't see right now, people I talk to, they don't see the chance of it passing the Senate. No, maybe. I mean, maybe there's all, you never say never in politics. Maybe there's a way to work out some kind of compromise or there have been some deals struck, but the dynamic just isn't there when it comes to moving on, loosening marijuana laws in Wisconsin, in part because of the dynamic of that Senate Republican caucus. Also last week, Speaker Voss said it's too early to tell if lawmakers will attempt to override Governor Evers' veto of a middle-class tax cut that Republicans passed earlier this month. Evers vetoed the bill partly because the two sides differ on how to pay for it. Republicans want to tap a surplus, while Evers wants to all but eliminate a manufacturing tax credit to pay for it. So why is Voss hesitating on whether to override? Is he making sure he has the votes? Well, he he doesn't have the votes to override because right now Democrats are unified in standing with Governor Evers. You need a two-thirds majority in both houses of the legislature to override a governor's veto. And the margins by which Republicans pass their version of the tax cut and their houses fall short of that because they don't have enough Democrats. They don't have any Democrats right now, honestly. So that's just not going to happen. Talking to people, they expect Democrats to stay with Evers if there there were an attempt to override. But we'll see. Does Evers say, okay, look, you know, I want this and this in the budget. If you give me that, I'll sign your tax cut. Or, you know, do they get to a budget standoff and Evers vetoes the entire thing? I mean, that I don't know. But right now, we're, it's still, the play is still playing out at this point about what's going to happen with this budget and this tax cut. The fight over Planned Parenthood funding came up again last week. Governor Evers announced he'll put $28 million into the budget for women's health care issues. But part of that would go toward restoring funding for Planned Parenthood, something that former Republican Governor Scott Walker eliminated a few years ago. How do you think the Republican-controlled legislature will react to this proposal? You no, know, they're already reacting um, in opposition to it. It's interesting, you know, in talking to Republicans, they see Tony Evers as governing as a little more aggressively as a Democrat than they expected. But Democrats say, well, that's 
that's kind of a no-brainer. He's a Democrat. You know, it's interesting, after eight years of Scott Walker as governor and him dictating the budget discussion or leading it, now you have a very different perspective. And I, I think Republicans are a little surprised that Evers is starting out at a compromise point. He's starting out at the Democratic point. And that's just the way uh, things work sometimes. And Evers is definitely doing a budget that reflects Democratic priorities. And he believes the voters are on his side when it comes to issues like this, and he's going to push them. Governor Evers, picked to lead the Wisconsin Department of Transportation, says that by every measure, the condition of Wisconsin's road system is declining. Craig Thompson testified before a Senate committee last week. Republicans have been leery of Thompson's background as a lobbyist for the Transportation Development Association of Wisconsin, which has advocated for raising taxes and fees to rebuild Wisconsin roads. Thompson says Evers' budget will increase funding for roads, but he didn't specify where it would come from. So how do you think his testimony went over with the GOP, and will the full Senate confirm him? Uh, Good question on whether the full Senate will confirm him. I mean, there's an option for Senate Republicans to just allow him to continue serving without a vote. That's always a possibility. But the bottom line with the testimony is I don't get the impression it changed anything dramatically. Tony Evers expected to have some kind of revenue upper in his budget for transportation. People expect it to be a gas tax increase. How much? They're kind of debating right now, but they expect it to be in there. The questions are, is there an appetite in either the Senate Republican Caucus or the Assembly Republican Caucus for an increase of any kind? Um, Assembly Republicans in the last budget put out a proposal that would have decreased income taxes, and then that would have offset a gas tax increase. They never put to a full float, a vote in the full assembly, however, to get, make sure they had 50 votes for it. So we don't know for sure where that whole caucus is on that issue. And then in the Senate, um, they never took it up, and they ignored it, basically, saying there's no point because Governor Walker wasn't there, and they weren't either. So I just don't know if there's an appetite for any kind of a gas tax increase in the legislature when it comes to Republicans. And if they're not going to vote for it, it's hard to see getting the budget and getting done. The question becomes, okay, well, then what? They've talked about tolling, Republican leaders have. Well, that's maybe off down the road a few years, so I'm not sure if that's something they can do right away. But, you know, it's still a discussion to be had, and we'll see if there's some kind of compromise that can be reached. Or if there is some avenue to offset it, you know, do a gas tax hike, but offset it with a a tax cut elsewhere. I just don't know yet. And finally, both candidates in the state Supreme Court race released their first TV ads last week, and each told a powerful personal story. Uh, conservative candidate Brian Hagedorn talks about adopting a girl addicted to opiates. His wife is featured in the ad as well, talking about how the girl struggled through withdrawal. Lisa Neubauer, the candidate backed by Democrats, talked about how she was strip-searched years ago at a Chicago police station while she went to pick up a friend who was who had been arrested at a concert. The election is April 2nd. How do you think these ads will resonate with voters? Well, for Hagedorn, his is actually up on TV and it's something he's trying to humanize himself a little bit, present a different view of him than what we're seeing in some headlines that talk about his past legal writings, um, on a blog post, uh, his association with the school that prohibits employees or students being engaged in homosexual relationships, uh, speaking to an organization described as anti-gay. I mean, that's the early coverage that he's seeing and he's trying to present you know, who he is beyond those headlines. And there's a reason for that. Um, some of the stuff that people are seeing and giving conservatives cause, saying that this this candidate is um, maybe going to have a hard time attracting moderate voters, even kind of moderate Republican voters. There's a concern there. 
Hagedorn, however, has pushed back very hard on these stories, saying it's an attack on his faith. Um, and we saw some news that last week with the Wisconsin Realtors Association withdrawing its endorsement of Hagedorn and asking for its $18,000 PAC donation to be returned. Uh, as far as I know, talking to the group, they'd never before pulled an endorsement before. That's you know not something you want to see in a campaign, obviously. And it raises the question of whether other groups may follow suit. I mean, the realtors typically back Republicans and conservatives and uh, races. So it's not like this is a, a liberal group that, you know, is asking for this money back. This is kind of a traditional Republican organization. So the fact they're doing that suggests there's some uneasiness in that, in that side of the aisle about this. And two, raise the question of well, who else might follow suit. Or will other groups on the conservative side, Republican side, say they're not prepared to spend money to help Hagedorn or be involved in these campaigns. So if that help happens, that's, that's a troubling thing for him. It's going to cause him some heartburn. That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.